enjoy. Thank you for coming. Appreciate that. Thank you. Good morning. It's great to be here this morning, and Barbara and I are just privileged to be here. We've visited here a few times during the course of last year. I just usually slip in at the back and slip out again. We've been up in North Queensland, living in Townsville, and moved down a year ago. And my role, I'm one of the regional consultants with Queensland Baptist in the team. And uh, as you may know, QBE going, is going through some changes at the moment, organisational restructuring, etc., leadership changes. So we're a bit thin on the ground as a team at the moment, and we'd value your prayers. I, I support the churches from Stanthorpe to Cooktown, out to Mount Isa and Longreach. I was in Mount Isa just uh, three weekends ago, and it was 41 and 44, and this weekend I think they're warning of floods in that area as well. And, and then some of our churches around Townsville really need prayer. We've got three Baptist churches in the Townsville area. Uh, the, the one that's been most impacted um, in the area, in the community, not any of the folk specifically, but um, is the Northern Beaches Connections, just on the right side, where all the flooding's taking place uh, earlier, was taking place earlier this week. Um, and then Fairfield on the southern side, um, is starting to, to imp, uh, get impacted in certain areas uh, with the flooding of the Ross River. So they would really appreciate your prayers. Folks out at Longreach are very grateful for the rain. I was chatting to David Brownlee, who's the acting pastor there at the moment, and uh, they're very grateful for some of the rain out there. So a number of our churches, thank you that you're part of the network of Queensland Baptists, about in excess of 220 churches around the state and uh, seeing God do some amazing things. So thank you for your involvement and that you're part of that as well. It's a privilege to be part uh, of this family. I really have got to appreciate Duncan, your senior pastor, and uh, I've got to know uh, Dale a little bit more now that he's out at Tent Hill and doing well out there as well. So I've journeyed a little bit with some of your leaders, and it's a privilege. But it is good for us to to be here uh, this morning. Also, um, I saw, is it Dylan? Or is Dylan? I saw Dylan here. Yes, Dylan. Uh, Sharon, not Dylan. Ben. Uh, Sharon, Sharon works at QB, and, and great, she does a great job uh, at uh, QB as well as our rece- receptionist. Well, numerous people over time have encouraged me, as they probably have t- for you as well, to live a life of purpose. To make every effort and every day that it would count for God, to make every moment matter for the kingdom. And while that may appear to be a noble and those may appear to be ambitious words for them to have spoken into my life, I have to wonder as to how realistic that really is. As I go through every day and everyday life, I have to confess that there have been and often still are those times when it seems that my life has not or may not be um, about fulfilling my divine purpose. Times when I hey, just want to hang out or go and fish instead of ministering, go sailing instead of ministering or bludging instead of ministering, or as us blokes like to do, and it's only the blokes that have this, we like to go into our nothing box and do nothing. Only men have that nothing box, ladies, please. It's a precious, sacred place uh, that we go to at times. (laughs) 
There are times when moments in my life may not seem to matter in regard to the bigger picture, the divine uh, uh, calling on our lives, the, the things of eternity. And as I think about making my moments matter, one of the challenges that I face, is, as I'm sure many of you also face, is that it seems that there's seldom enough time in each of my days. And do anybody else struggle with that? There just doesn't seem to be enough time uh, in our days to get through everything. And so there often seems to be more things to do than what there is time to do it in that's available on hand. And and as a result, I've had to become quite intentional in, in, in my attempt to manage my time well in order to make my moments matter. Because moments are a gift from God uh, that we get to experience, that we are entrusted with. And so this morning, I want to encourage you to make your moments matter. As you go into, we've already commenced this year, we're already in the second uh, a month already, schools are, are up and running already. Uh, make your moments matter this year and, and for hereafter. Oftentimes I'll come to the end of the day and having rushed around throughout the day and as I relax at night, suddenly realize that Oh, I forgot to do that, or I didn't get around to doing that. Ladies, you're excellent. If you're like my wife, you're excellent at multitasking. How you guys do it is amazing. As blokes, we like to kind of specialize and finish a task. Um, there just seems to be a lack of sufficient time. It seems to be in short supply. It's a sad fact that us as human beings... We tend to waste time. We waste so much time as if we have all the time in the world because we tend to think that our time is unending. We live out our lives as though there's an unlimited supply of time. We think that we can just do as we please with regard to our time, and yet as God's children, you and I are called to be wise stewards of the time allocated to us, managers entrusted with time to be used effectively. It's been entrusted to us. You might be a person who is multi-talented. You may have possess enormous intelligence. You may, maybe you're remarkable as a gifted communicator or, or, or some other special talent, and yet you can end up squandering your time because of our inability to seize control of it only to discover late, later that we failed to make those moments matter that were afforded us. At times on the deathbed of a person passing away, they experience their whole life flashing past them in their mind and in their memory. All the good days, all the days that weren't so good, all the opportunities that were grasped, as well as those opportunities that were lost. None of us want to reach the end of our lives and look back with regret on the things that could have been accomplished but were not. It would be a good exercise for each of us to make a serious appraisal of our, of our times and our habits as to how we use our time. There are some general traits that are characteristic in our lives when we fail to make good use of time. And I, I tick many of these, don't worry. Our desks become cluttered. 
Paperwork and tasks are not ordered in any priority on our desks or on any horizontal surface for that matter. Our bedroom dressing tables, our kitchen counters, men, our workbenches in the shed. What does that look like? Ladies, what about your sewing corner? You're not getting off this that easily. What about your sewing tables and, and your nooks where you do your, your craft, etc.? Spread out all over the place with those UFOs, those unfinished objects, from one end of the house to the other. The same principle applies. It's a flat surface. What about the condition of our cars? They become dirty inside and outside. We lose track of when it's due for a service or when the tires need to be replaced. Time plays a role here for these tasks to be done. What about our self-esteem? It starts taking a downward trend. We become paranoid with all that needs to be done, and, and we start feeling guilty about the fact that people around us are not getting their money's worth from our work. A low-level fear that people will discover we're taking shortcuts in order to get those tasks done. Maybe our places of work or our family duties. What about appointments? We start forgetting appointments. Telephone messages never return. Deadlines that we begin to miss. Our days become filled with broken commitments and pathetic excuses. Sometimes, of course, there are unplanned incidents that occur beyond our control, which just make the wheels of our, of our daily routine uh, come off and, and uh, can't be helped. But if it's happening all the time, we need to ask ourselves whether we're being good stewards of our time. And what about the investment of our time and energy? If we not manage our time and energy properly, we, we tend to invest that in unproductive tasks, doing those small and boring things that just try and accomplish something, a tendency towards daydreamings, avoiding decisions that have to be made, uh, procrastination, and, and soon we discover that it's begun to affect every area of our lives. We start to feel bad about our work. We don't like what we've managed to finish at work. We find it hard to accept compliments from others because in our hearts we know that we've only given of our second best. What about this one? If we're not managing our time properly, our intimacy with God tends to suffer. The time spent in nurturing and cultivating that intimacy with God We've all the intentions of pursuing that relationship, but we never quite get to it. No one has to tell us to set time aside for Bible study, for a devotional time, prayer times, just being quiet uh, in, in the presence of the Lord for reflection, prayer, worship. We know all about it, but we simply never get around to doing it. Why? Because we're not using our time wisely. And our moments start not counting for anything. Our personal relationships tend to take on an inferior quality. Each day passes by without any significant chat, maybe with a son or a daughter. Husbands and wives are in contact, but the conversation is usually shallow or maybe while on the run, passing one another in the passage on our way somewhere or other. No real depth or sense of self-revelation to one another. We find ourselves becoming irritable, resenting any attempt from our loved ones to bring our attention to the things that are left undone, or people that I may have let, just let down. In fact, if we poor stewards of time, 
We just don't like ourselves, our jobs, or, or much else about our world which takes up our time. And our moments start counting for nothing. This pattern has to be broken because if nothing changes, our lives could well fall into further disorder. I want us to consider this subject this morning of making our moments matter and using our time wisely. And I want us to look at the value of a single day and see the principles that God has given us in order that you and you know, I can live each day to its fullest and make our moments matter. Psalm 118, verse 24. It's in the New King James Version of these words. The NIV has slightly different wording. But this, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. That one verse is what we're going to focus on this morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And it's a well-known verse and one that many could probably quote. Some may recall the chorus to these words. I was just having a, 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 a little moment this morning when we were singing, Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. I can't remember when last I sang that song. And it's such a beautiful uh, reality that we're singing about about there. This is another one. This is the day the Lord has made. This is the day the Lord has made. Do you know that one? It's, it's, a, it's a favorite from, from yesterday, and, and uh, yeah, we don't often hear it. But yet this verse contains some principles that can show you and I how you and I can make each day count so that our moments can matter to see each day as a wonderful day with life and enjoyment, helping you and I to make the most of our time that's entrusted into our hands day by day. You might say that this is impossible, but it's not. In fact, you can make every God-given day count if you remember some basic principles that God wants us to know about. Each day can be a God-given day, it can be a God-guided day, and it can be a God-gladdened day. There's one thing that we need to learn in this century it's how to use our time wisely. Before we continue and dig into the verse, we need to clarify that this verse has prophetic significance. It speaks about the day when Jesus will return and when he'll be enthroned as King of Kings and Lord of Lords here on this earth. But it also has very practical implications for you and I. First and foremost, today is a current day. It says this is the day. This is the day. It does not say this was the day or this will be the day. No, it says this is the day. It is very present. And I want you to hold that thought for a moment because there are two days that will try and steal your today away from you. And, that, and it'll rob your moments from counting and, and mattering for God. The first day that will rob you of today is yesterday. And the other is tomorrow. Remember that today is the day. Sad fact is some people are still living in yesterday. Paul was saying here he was not prepared. And if you turn with me to Philippians chapter 3, if you have your Bibles with you. Philippians chapter 3. Just two verses there, verse 13 and 14. 
Paul says this, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and attaining, straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul was saying that he's not prepared to be held down and anchored to the past. And friends, the reality is there's a lot of us who are still living in the past. You may be living in the past in what we may term past guilt. You may have done something wrong and, and it's haunting you. You're haunted by the ghost of guilt. And if anyone could have been haunted by the ghost of guilt, it was Paul. He had done many things wrong. He'd, he, in fact, opposed the Lord Jesus in many ways, you may recall, and was even an accomplice to murder. And here we see him saying, what's past is past. He wasn't prepared to dwell and live in the past. It's gone forever. You cannot change it. Don't dwell on the past. God buries our guilt in a grave of his forgetfulness, whatever you may have done. Committed to Jesus and close that door. Stop going back and opening it up and peering in there again. Paul refused to be haunted by past guilt or past glory. Paul had done a lot of great things also. He was the world's greatest missionary, authored many of the books in our Bible, a brilliant intellect, and he could have dwelt on all these things, but he said, I forget what is behind, and I press forward. Oh, yes, he had sorrow. He had hardship as well, much more than you and I. But he didn't sit around licking his wounds and whinging and whining about his past. Here's another ghost of the past, past grudges. Has someone hurt you in the past? Somebody slandered your name? Somebody done some wrong thing to you? Forget it. Forget it. That is yesterday, and it will rob you of your full potential for today. The other day that can rob you of your today is tomorrow. Tomorrow. It's not only dwelling on the past that robs us tomorrow, but it's also dwelling on tomorrow because it will make us miss out on the fullness of today. A psychologist once did a survey among general folk and discovered 94% of people were merely enduring today in an attempt to get to tomorrow, anticipating a better tomorrow, that tomorrow is going to be a wonderful day. It's a tragedy when we fail to enjoy today because we're anticipating tomorrow. This tragedy can be taken a step further because most people in anticipating tomorrow are in fact not anticipating a better tomorrow. They're not only waiting for tomorrow, but they are worrying about tomorrow. Worry. Regretting tomorrow. Let's see what Jesus said about tomorrow. In Matthew 6.34, he says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Do not worry about tomorrow, it will, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. What does it mean, each day has enough trouble of its own? Well, God sits in his control room, so to speak, of our situations, and he's engineered some trouble for us. He's allowed some trouble to cross our path. Satan can only do to us as God's children what God allows Satan to do. The worst thing that can happen to you and I is that we sail through life with absolutely no difficulties. So God allows certain difficulties 
in our lives uh, to cross our paths. Why? So we don't become self-sufficient. Because it's so easy for us to become self-sufficient. Throughout the history of mankind, as soon as man became self-sufficient, he turned his back on God. What we tend to do is get the whole thing out of balance by worrying. He's given us sufficient grace to face each day's problem in its own uh, merit. Deuteronomy 33 verse 25 says this, your strength will equal your days. Your strength will equal your days. In other words, the strength that you and I have is enough for today. You haven't yet been given the strength for tomorrow yet with its own unique challenges. God has given you and I the strength to face and deal with what we need to face with today. Therefore, worrying about tomorrow does not lessen the sorrow of tomorrow. What it does do, it saps us. It draws the strength, our strength out of facing tomorrow when it eventually arises. When we get there, the wheels come off. We're exhausted. We drained. We burnt out because we've been borrowing from tomorrow in order to cope for today as we worry about tomorrow. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Somebody once said that uh, yesterday is like a canceled check. We don't often use checks anymore, do we? Some, some folk probably still do with all the EFT, electronic banking, etc. these days. We don't use checks that often. It's, it's becoming unfashionable. But it said it's like a canceled check. You can do nothing with it. Tomorrow is like a post-dated check. It's only redeemable in its time. Today is all the cash you have. Spend it wisely. Yesterday is history. It's gone into the graveyards of history. Tomorrow is a mystery. There's no guarantee that I'll wake up tomorrow morning. It's still a mystery. Today is a gift from God, and that's why we call it the present. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is mystery. Today is a gift from God, and that's why we call it a present. Grab hold of it. Make your moments matter. It's also a created, created day. It says this is the day that the Lord has made. He's made each day. God is the creator of time, just like he is of space. And today is God's gift to you and I. His, it's a great gift. And therefore, since it's his gift, then you and I are stewards, house managers of this gift that he's entrusted to us. And we need to set, see today, each day, as a gift from God. Sometimes we may tend to say that other people have more time than what we have. No, we all have exactly the same amount of time each day as long as we live. There are 24 hours in every day. There are 1,440 minutes in every day. And there are 86,000 seconds in every day. And every single one of us have been given exactly the same amount of time each day a gift from him. The difference in our lives is how we choose to make those moments matter or not. You can pick up a jewelry catalog. You'll be able to look at some very expensive wristwatches handcrafted with all the special effects that make them valuable. I heard about one wristwatch that was valued at 7 million US dollars for a wristwatch. Who would pay that? Think about it. How can you make a watch 
worth that amount of money. And yet as you think about it, that person who purchases that wristwatch does not have one second of time more than what you and I might have with a Rolex or a Rolex or Loris or, or uh, one of the cheaper makes that, that one finds around. This is the day that the Lord has made. God made it. It's a created day. Let's accept it and see, uh, seize it for what it is. Today is also a consecrated day. There are those watches. That are, there's one for 26 million U.S., um, and the other one is 11 million U.S. Today is a consecrated day. It's consecrated because God made it. And, all, and because God is all-powerful, he does not make junk. Everything the Lord makes is good. It's precious, and we need to, to value every day. To waste time, friends, is to waste life. Let me encourage you to live each day in the fullness of God's power at work in you and through you. Ephesians 5, verse 15. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, redeeming the time. The, the, the King James Version says, redeeming the time. Make those moments matter that have been afforded to you. To waste time is suicide, and we're the only ones losing out when we, when we waste our time. Anyway, our, our moments are precious because time is precious. Today is a precious day. It's a consecrated day. The secret to living, as we said earlier, is to use time wisely. The psalmist said it so clearly there in 90, Psalm 90 verse 12, teach us to number our days aright, that we might gain a heart of wisdom. In other words, use your time wisely. How do we do this? Very quickly, start your day with God. Spend time wisely with him at the start of your day. Get your assignment from God in the morning. Find out what he requires of you each day. And there's many opportunities that will come across our paths each day that may seem God, but you can't get to them all. You need to be able to discern which ones would be good for you according to what God expects from you because we can't do everything. What are, we need to discern between the good moments and the God moments. There's a huge difference there. One thing I find hard to, to adjust to is situations when other people start planning things for my life which God hasn't planned for my life and uh, which he hasn't assigned me to do. Or in my own ego, I accept assignments which God does not expect me to carry out, but maybe I've taken them on to boost my own image. That's the difference that we need to discern each day. Which are those God moments? Somebody once said there's enough time in every day to accomplish great, gracefully everything that God wants us to accomplish. And that's true. Why then are there so many of us running around, knocking things over, running late for this appointment and that meeting? That's not what God has engineered for our lives. We impose that pressure on ourselves. Jesus was never in a hurry, yet he was never late for an appointment. I'm usually both. I'm usually both. Jesus said when he came to the end of his life, Father, I have finished the work that you gave me to do on earth. And that's what we need to find out. What work has God got for you and I to do each day? The importance 
of your daily quiet time. We're not wasting time when we're waiting on God, friends. It's no less important than a woodcutter taking time to sharpen his axe. What about setting your priorities? Setting your priorities. Life would be simple if it was merely a choice between good and bad, but it needs to be a choice between what is good and what is best. What about working in the power of the Holy Spirit? This is how we can make each day valuable. Jesus said in John 15 that without him we can do nothing. Some of us like to think we can, but that's your own opinion. In other words, what is Jesus saying to that if we do it in our own strength? What he's saying is, friends, it'll count for nothing. It'll count for nothing. It'll have no significance at the judgment seat of Christ one day when we have to give an account of our stewardship while, while here on earth. Absolutely nil. If we're not working in the power of the Holy Spirit, find out what he wants you to do. Then, it, then it'll count. Every day that we go out without being filled with the Holy Spirit is a wasted day. It'll count for nothing. Then recognize procrastination as a sin. This is where I have to acknowledge I'm preaching to myself first and foremost. Procrastination is not weakness, it's wickedness. We need to cultivate the habit of immediate obedience. Procrastination and disobedience are Siamese, Siamese twins. We need to learn that we need to get everything out of today. story I've told about the circus that came here to the North Lakes. This is just an illustration. It's not really real, but it'll illustrate the point. Came here to the North Pine area. And one of the acts in that, surf, in that circus uh, presentation was the picture of a, of a strong man. And the strong man would come into the arena and he would have a lemon in his hand and he would squeeze that lemon till the last drop of juice was, was extracted and squeezed out from that lemon. And then he'd open it up to the audience for anybody else who would come, would be willing to come and squeeze that lemon to see if they could get one drop more. And some big burly guys would come out and, and they would squeeze it and squeeze it, nothing. One day, this thin, scrawny little guy came out and the strong man said to him in front of the crowd, it was all over the loudspeaker, are you sure you really want to do this? I really don't want to embarrass you. He said, no, I'm pretty sure I want to do this. Okay, your call. So he gave the, this man the lemon, and he said, okay, you can start squeezing. And the little guy squeezed it and squeezed it and squeezed it. Nothing. Eventually, drip, drip, drip. Everybody was aghast. How did you get that? Right. Who are you? He says, I'm the treasurer from the North Pine Baptist Church. I'll squeeze anything out of it. Just kidding. I don't know who your treasurer is. So plead a disclaimer there. <laughs> Friends, we need to squeeze everything out of every day. It's an opportunity that's in our hands. Apologies to the treasurer if you, if you hear this morning. I don't know who you are. <laughs> Friends, today is a closing day. It's also closing. It's created. It's um, all of those that we've spoken, but today is a closing day. This is the day the Lord has made will soon be. This was the day. It's going into the graveyard of time. And uh, Jesus said in John chapter 9, verse 4, As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. Time is an unusual thing. 
There are many things that we can do with time, but there's some things we cannot do with time. You can't save time. You can save money and data, but you cannot save time. You also cannot borrow time. You also cannot share your time. You, you can give your attention while you have the time, but you can't give your time away to someone else. I, I'm, I'm not able to loan you time. I can share time with you in the sense that we've both been given time and we can use that, but I can't give my time to you. It's unusual. You can only do two things with time. You can use it or you can lose it. It's as simple as it. It cannot be stopped. We can call out time in our footy, footy games in life, but we do not have the option of calling for extra time. It cannot be stalled. Time waits for nobody, just as the tides. Time cannot be stored. You can store your clothes, but you cannot keep time there. Time cannot be stretched. We try to make food last longer and go further. We can't do that with time. It can only be used or it, it is wasted. Somebody once said this. He said, when as a child, I laughed and wept, time crept. Let me just see if that's up. Um, yep. Yeah. I, I laughed and wept, time crept. When as a young person, I dreamed and talked, time walked. When I became a full-grown man, time ran. When older still, I daily grew, time flew. Soon I shall find as I go on, time gone. Friends, today is a closing day. It's passing us by. Make your moments matter. In a second's time, we'll be closer to that final line that we have to cross. We don't know when that's going to be. This may be the last message I ever preach. It might be the last one you ever hear. Each heartbeat is the muffled drumbeat for the march to my grave, somebody said. Every breath we take is a gift from God. We tend to think it's only the elderly friends, and I'm talking to the younger folk here, that are living on borrowed time. I say that respectfully. That's not true. More people die in their work clothes and casual clothes than in their pajamas. This day is drawing to a close moment by moment. Therefore, if you have to make right with somebody, do it. Make that moment matter. If you have to give money to someone, give it. If there's someone that you need to forgive, do it. If there's somebody that you need to speak to, that God is impressing your heart because they are lost. They have a, a, a lust for eternity. Won't you do it? Maybe there's a letter that you need to write to somebody. Will you get on and do it? Some of you need to speak to your parents again. Do it. Some of you need to call up your kids, your children. Do it. Make the moments matter. Some of you need to do that to one another. Make that moment matter. If you have a heart to win souls, get on and do it. Time is running out. If you're going to be a prayer warrior, be one. 
Today will soon draw to a close. You cannot bring it back. Make those moments matter. Lastly, this morning, today is a day of God's care. Today is a day of God's care. We will rejoice and be glad, and we will rejoice. In other words, it's a fortunate day because nothing will come to you and I today except what God has allowed, and it's in his providence that God cares for, for you and I. 1 Thessalonians 5.13, In everything gives, give thanks, for this is the will of Christ Jesus for you. Philippians 4, 6, 6 and 7, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There, we, we see the scope of it. It transcends all understanding. We see the source of that peace. It's in God. We see the, 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 the secret of that peace. It's in Christ Jesus. We see the security of that peace. It guards what we're thinking. It guards what we're feeling. Ephesians 5, 19 and 20. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to the Father for everything. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we will rejoice and be glad. And to rejoice, friends, is a choice. Each of us holds the ability to, to decide as to whether we want to rejoice or not. The Bible says rejoice always, not just sometimes. The only way you and I can rejoice always is to rejoice in the Lord. See, happiness is different, different to joy. Happiness depends on what's happening around us. But our joy needs to be in the Lord. I've encountered some amazing Christian brothers and sisters in some of the most horrendous situations ministering around this world. And yet there's a joy there that defined, defies vocabulary because it's the joy of the Lord. I think how on earth can you continue in a situation like this, yet they display and exude a joy that the, sources can only, the source can only be in Jesus. To rejoice is a choice. We need to learn to fix our hearts and minds on the Lord. Each day is a day to ponder on God's care for us. Nothing will happen today that you and God cannot handle together. As we conclude, again, I want to encourage you at the, at the start of this year, we're just into it. Will you make your moments matter for him this year? As you, as you think about a day, as you wake up tomorrow, recognize he's created it, he's consecrated it. He's given it to you as a gift. Get your assignment from him. Operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. Start living in the eternal now. Stop, stop us saying you don't have time. Stop worrying about tomorrow. Don't be anchored down in your yesterdays. Give God each day because it's a gift from him. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the tremendous privilege that you've given us just by virtue of the fact that we woke up this morning. We've been given another day of opportunity, another day to experience your love, your grace, <clears throat> Lord God, your goodness, ultimately just to experience you. 
We give you praise and glory. I pray for these dear folk here, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, as the after speaker, that you would continue to speak into our hearts and lives today. Be honored and glorified to your, to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.